everybody, welcome back to Trident Wargaming. We've got a, another Horus Heresy episode here and a hobby hangout. Uh, I'm joined with my co-host Andy. Hey everyone. And you guys know me as Bill. And we are joined with uh, two of the gents from the Painting Night podcast. I have Kevin. Hello. And we've got David as well. Hi. How's it going, gentlemen? Thanks for uh, jumping on the channel and stopping in for a chat. Hey, of course. Thank you for welcoming us and all that. Pleased to be there. And you guys are in off the on the East Coast here. You guys are in Canada on Ontario? Quebec. Quebec, Quebec, all the way. Yes. All, all the way but east then. You yeah. know what? I was waiting for you to give us an indication on what is the East Coast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when you said Toronto, I was like, okay, okay. I know it's a bit further than that. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> East is pretty much everything past Saskatchewan for us over here anyways, but Okay. That's all right. Yeah, usually David is the one pointing me towards the east and west, so <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I guess uh start things off. We'll roll into some hobby progress. Um I guess Kevin, we'll start with you, we'll pick on you first. What have you been working on the last little bit? Uh, a lot of things. Um, I would say if we go in the past five minutes, I will go for Imperial Fists. Um, and if we go in the past week, let's say, uh, painting a lot of uh, sceneries for uh, RSRSC's own Metalis event that we can explore a bit later. But uh, a lot of terrain, a lot of stuff. And now we are preparing, uh, as of now, I would say tomorrow. Uh, so Sunday the 19th, um, we are doing a test run for all of our scenarios. And uh, I'm assembling a bunch of Age of Darkness boxes awesome. <laughs> to have a lot of armies available on the table for either newbies or veterans just to come and play with models and test the scenarios. Oh, excellent. That's a good way of doing it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, indulging in all this hubby amazing stuff. It's just an excuse. Oh, you got it. You got it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So, um, that's pretty much what I've, I'm, I've been going on between uh, RSRC, a uh, bit of 40K with uh, the new um, Arcs of Omen oh, books yeah. that came out. So, I've assembled Angron, did some World Eaters for 40K, preparing for some boarding action games. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, oh yeah, of course a bit of age of Sigmar on this side, because, you know, always has to be a bit of age of Sigmar. So I'm dabbling in between. Oh, very nice. You okay. <laughs> the triple, triple threat cool. of systems. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Andy, how about yourself? What have you been, uh, what have you been doing? Uh, as of late, actually today would have been working on some bolt action. Uh, continuing on my Germans. Um, so my uh, desert Germans for uh, a slow grow that we have, I have started up. So doing that plus still slowly working on the thousand suns and then and ended up picking up another tank, another oh, tank yes. today. It's going to be the start of, uh, I think I'm actually going to do a, uh, a tank army oh, at some goodness. point in the future here. So, um, I'm sure that'll be coming up in another episode, but, uh, yeah, I got my, my plans for, for another army for, uh, heresy with tanks and just 
trying a different technique with painting and stuff too. So, um, but yeah, just that. Uh, oh, also got the white scars on the bench as well. Some more of those outrider bikes that uh, we showcased yeah. on on the. I saw your posts. Yeah, online. I was like, cool. that's a lot of. Um, uh, how do you call mental health risk? Um, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was an amazing job, but you did so many of them. So, yes, it, it's uh, it's one of those collections I bought off of a, a local player that um, he started it, sold it to another player, and then I bought it from that other player, which is a close friend of ours, too. And uh, the jet bikes are all done. You know, some infantry, some speeders, characters... And now that uh, the way heresy has changed, the army changed. So mm-hmm. now I got to fill in, fill in the ranks, right? So uh, you don't see Outriders too much on the board. No. Um, so I'll be making characters and, and units with them, right? So um, it'll be good. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. And then, of course, whatever other hobby I'm in. So, so many games out there. I just, Bill knows I'm like an octopus. My arms are everywhere in, in every little game that's out there so yeah <laughs> we love octopuses in the hobby yeah so <laughs> i just need the each you know arm to be holding a paintbrush is what i need to do so there you go have you but, have you ever thought of doing an army of Idenet deepkin no i haven't I, I actually haven't that's the one system i'm not is age of sigmar but it's uh, an army of octopus like I was just thought it was fitting your theme. Yeah. <laughs> the one I remember the one character has the little like octopus yes. holding the book or whatever it is, but yeah, yeah, no. So yeah, that's kind of I guess that's kind of where I'm at. That's so, all right. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, David, how about yourself? What have you been up to the last little while? Well, we're preparing our scenarios, so I had to paint um, a table. So for the Angar in the Zone Martellus, we're using the Forge World, uh, an old Forge World uh, Realm of Battle. So okay. I started with Kevin's help to do the base coat, but then all the <laughs> details I had to paint. And that's where you see that those tables are kind of old because there are like little holes in them and it's not, you know, well, uh, well done everywhere, but it's, it's a beautiful table once it's painted and once you get to see the details in it yeah absolutely a lot of those older kits they really uh they really come to life once you go that extra little detail step it takes a long time uh, that's for sure but it, it definitely will pay off i'm i can't wait to see pictures i just varnished them and then my whole office is smelling varnish oh, right yeah, now yeah. <laughs> hardcore <laughs> We're working hard. Uh, Mine is smelling like primer, and yours is smelling like varnish. That's all right. Good progress, then. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And then after that, I have a a boat from Blood and Plunder waiting there to be painted. Oh, yeah. And some uh, 18 millimeter Napoleonic soldiers. Oh, that's cool. Very nice. That's all right. What systems are the Napoleonic for? We're uh, currently playing uh, General d'Armée from two fat lardies. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always find that, that I don't know, that name is kind of weird. Two fat lardies? Yeah. <laughs> two fat lardies in English, but General d'Armée in French. So it seems like it's polite in French, but the name of the company is kind of mean, or I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. They got a, they got quite a few different systems. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I think I I played. Uh, I think I think they did Bag the Hun as well, which was a um, World War Two aircraft kind of game. So, um, but yeah, there, I, I've there's a couple guys in the community that have mentioned that name before. So, but uh, systems are pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, so. it's really fun to play. Yeah, David nice. is our uh, is our test guy for all the indie games oh, on awesome. the podcasts. Yeah, oh, very nice, very nice. Uh, I guess for myself, it's been it's been a little bit kind of all over the place as well. I've been working on some uh, bolt action. A bunch of my three D printed stuff came in earlier this week. Just trying to mm-hmm. get that ready for uh, slow grow, and then I've been busting it up for all my heresy stuff, basically. Punched out an apothecary, converted one up, uh, did a bunch of assault marines, finished up my Templar brethren, and then I pushed out that uh, converted uh, Sigismund today. And I kind of got the rest of the little bits all done. Been posted pictures as I've been going along, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, and then much like yourselves, I'm cranking out on terrain. I'm trying to get everything up and ready for uh, our event uh, coming in mid-April. So it's just non-stop, man. It's always uh, always a grind. <laughs> Indeed, the grind never stops, right? No, it, it <laughs> definitely never does. Definitely. Sometimes never does. you get a little, a little bit of a, a little bit of a lull after like a large event. Yeah, but then you just you just deep dive right back in, right? So that's when you change system and you go back to something a bit easier, right? Change of pace, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's a good, good way, I think, of of going about it when you're taxed out on one system just because you, you know, had a a mm-hmm. binge of a binge of a weekend playing in a tournament and you got you know like six games in or something like, that, or you took a road trip or something. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. Talking about road trips, I guess we should come to one of your events at one point. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I uh, just. I might come with David since I have trouble with East and West, so <laughs> I may need a helper. Awesome, that'd <laughs> just be great. to make sure I we'll, don't finish uh... somewhere in like the north. <laughs> I think I also need uh, to help him pack because he's gonna forget some too much clothing. <laughs> I'll show up in jeggings and one shirt. We'll uh, we'll tell the we'll tell the navigators to send out the signal. <laughs> if you have a lighthouse, that might help. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, it could make you'll, it. You'll, uh, do you just see the big trident signal in the sky? Skyline, like, just like, like the pharaohs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, awesome. there's a couple different guys I've been talking to about the potential of trying to do almost like a cross Canada crusade or just something where, you know, we can get a bunch of different uh, communities involved. So uh, we'll definitely be chatting again about it. I'm sure. Oh, I would say that you can find uh, willing participators with us. Everything that smells like league campaign narrative across or ocean um, <laughs> is all good for us. <laughs> Excellent. So we always yeah. like those kind of projects. It's always cool. Oh, perfect. perfect. I'm going to write that down, Bill, that cross Canada crusade. I like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. Do it. Oh, we'll, we'll be expanding <laughs> on that for sure. I guess, um, Kevin and David, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, uh, your little uh, podcast, the painting night, kind of how you guys got started. 
do you want the PG version? Because if yes, then David has to be the one saying it. No, if, it, if, no it doesn't matter. No. no. We're all good here. Okay. Yeah. So, David, do you want to start or do I go? Yeah, I go. <laughs> <laughs> He's already doing the face palm. You know? yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, basically, we've been talking about doing a podcast for, I would say, before the pandemic. Uh, because uh, we've all been friends for a long time. I was a Games Workshop employee for 10 years, so I got to meet David and uh, Phil and Max through the store as I was working. And I was organizing in that store every Monday night, a painting night. And the goal was to get people in and just enjoying the hobby. So if there was anyone new, they had a cool group that would be inclusive and welcoming them. And if it was veterans, then it would give them an excuse to actually get out and paint stuff. Uh, and as time went on, we became friends and organized little tournaments, little activities, little stuff. And when I left the store and the pandemic hit not too long afterwards, I would say maybe a year or two, we kept contact uh, through Discord and whatever channel we were using as painting night every Monday night. And it became a regular thing. And through that, we met a lot of people. A lot of people were adding themselves to the Discord, meet a lot of uh, new people and enjoy different things in the hobby. And our role, I would say the four of us, pretty much became more of a, how can we include people and make them feel welcome and inspiring them and motivating them into, let's say the big hobby, not just playing, not just painting, just how can you include that many people into what is the hobby? Um, and we were talking about doing a podcast and at one point during the pandemic, Max came to us and was like, okay, guys, why, why are, could we do a podcast? I th I think we could, like, we're doing basically a podcast every week and that became the thing. So we created it and we record every week. We have, uh, pretty much three segments, which is talking round table, like you just did what happened in our hobby lately. Then we have a main topic, which we develop. It can be anything from, uh, I would say, uh, why are points important or not? Fully painted armies or half painted armies. Uh, what is fun in a tournament? What is fun in a narrative campaign? Uh, interviews, like we're doing pretty much right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so interviews. Uh, and then at the end, we close up with, uh, in English, I would say it would be something like David educates. Uh, it's a running gag in the group that David is an, is an historian by formation. So his diploma is in that. And I am the educator. <laughs> so that's my job. And uh, I always complained that every time that David was trying to show us something about history, about historical war games, uh, he was always trying to educate me or educate us in the group. So we created this segment that would be David educates us, uh, the audience and us as, um, as uh, co-workers, colleagues. Oh, that's cool. I okay. like that. And that's pretty much it. And David, if you have anything to say for your defense, uh, I mean, for the... <laughs> well, as Kevin said, we wanted to, to you know, engage people, get more people in the hobby, but 
we also had this other goal of exploring the OOB. And I think what was important was to give information and, and give snippets to people of things they might not see because Game Workshop is a big part of the hobby. It's like 80% of the market or something around that. But, you know, there we've talked about Two Fat Lardies, our other company, other games. And I, I thought it was important to talk about that. And in our topic, try to to get other, you know, information from other games. Just an example, talking to our audience about games with command and control and how it can play and how it changed the way you play and give you fun that you might not have with other games and make you explore other things. So having, you know, this main topics where we try to get information and then David educates us, the other one, where I, I, I'm going to focus, focus on either a whole book from Warhammer or a, another game I just tried. I think it gives... Uh, or magazines. Or magazines. There's a lot of magazines. David <laughs> loves his magazines. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's nice, it's nice to do kind of like, I guess it's like a spotlight segment where you mm-hmm. kind of get to show yeah. all these different systems. We're definitely uh, we're no strangers to to that aspect. We've we've done a lot of that as yeah on our own as well. So that's awesome to hear. It's great to great to see other people doing that. And one of the other things that it was, I think it was without saying it, but it was between the four of us. Um, we we encountered a lot of tournaments, a lot of match play point of views which was all about the organization charts, the points, the updates, like we have right now, basically. And as you know, guys, uh, and maybe people listening to us, uh, Games Workshop, once upon a time, was not giving as many updates on the points. And you had to wait for your codex or your army book to come out in like four or five years. Yeah. Uh, And the rhythm, the pace of things, and the recruitment of people in the hobby has been very big on how you could do conventions and tournaments in big size across the world. And for us, we wanted to, again, spotlight another part of the hobby that is maybe a bit more about how can you create a narrative? How can you focus on, uh, yes, there's points, yes, there is organization charts, yes, there's tournaments, but there's also campaigns, creating stories, focusing on what is the rivalry between your army and his army or her army and developing on that and playing differently. So the objectives can be something completely different than just accumulating points every turn. So that's what we wanted to explore and showcase because Games Workshop is not doing it as much as it once was. Mm-hmm. Um, and David is great with that because first... You know, he's trained, like he went to school for that. Um, <laughs> not saying it's only the only reason he went to school. It was to create this podcast. <laughs> well, there's but, there's, yeah. there's a lot of, um, and, and I know Bill has done it too, with like creating missions. So mm-hmm. you, can, you can make a lot of thematic and or kind of story-based scenarios, mm-hmm. right? Even Even in just having those round robins like you can actually make a theme and, and a story to your to your event right Absolutely. to your campaign or whatever and uh, because i remember you you had that one mission where you had the actual planet actually affected both armies um it was like a, a xeno oh, was planet p. kind of thing yeah planet p yeah. and uh so every turn you know you could have lost marines because this thing is reaching out and trying to grab you and 
kill you, pretty much. Yeah. So, but your objective was like to literally, you know, stop the opponent from getting this objective, but the objective is around like the hive mind thing of this planet. And you also have to survive, right? So yeah. <laughs> both things at the same time. Ex exactly, <laughs> right? It's like the third party in the, in the fight, but yeah. nobody has control of it. So, but yeah, for sure. That's, that's a, it's a great way of looking at the games again. Well, um, especially like this whole shift of, you know, either going with uh, the thematic or, or narrative or uh, or like just regular kind of tournaments, right? First mm -hmm. place kind of tournaments. Um, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a change. Mm -hmm. It's um, has its place and there's a lot of merit to, uh, you know, the individuals doing these and trying to create these kind of narrative events and stuff. So, um, and I can see a little bit of a sh the shift here as well, right? Like we're, we're definitely looking at campaigns Mm -hmm. um, you know, more so we we have in the past, uh, but now I think it's going to be a lot more prevalent, especially with the increase of players. Right? Oh, yeah. so, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. One thing uh, we do sometimes on the podcast, and we love doing, is taking scenarios from other games, mm -hmm. and so most of the times, bolt action, and add, add them <laughs> to... <laughs> Can you see historical war game um, creeping in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, <laughs> but Warlord uh, once they they published on their website a uh, scenario that I think it's called the Black Baron. So we were talking mm -hmm. about your um, tank army, and we tried on the on the our podcast to mm -hmm. read the scenario and then adapt it if it was in thirty k. So which tank we would use instead of you know a German tanks or a British tank? Oh it yes, really fun. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. it's, it's and it's funny you mentioned that because. Um, you know, I, I had done a, a tank war for bolt action. Uh, I did actually two of them, I think it was last year. And I talked to Bill and I was like, you know, we should do one for heresy where everybody can yeah. bring out their toys and have the six on six, you know, six loyalists, six traders just going at each other with their big boy toys and their tanks oh, yeah. and, you know, and, and create a scenario kind of thing. Right. So, um, it's, it's pretty cool to hear that, that and and like looking at other games you know we've even looked at like older rules older scenarios from like armies of death or uh, cities of death cities that's of the death, most, yeah. yeah you know that kind of stuff right so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of information and tools from different games different books and and just plain old history right like as you know you go on the internet and you can find just everything thing oh yeah and even using like let's say rsrc let's talk rsrc yeah. the old black books mm. it doesn't take much to take the black books from the first edition and just tweak them yeah, yeah. tweak them a little bit they add system for campaigns in there they add ideas that you could develop on they add rules you have everything in those black books to do again in second edition it doesn't need that much. Yes, the points might have to be shifted a little bit, but let's put that on the side. All the scenarios, all the stuff in there is still worth every penny or whatever money you use. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. They were rich. They had a ton of different source material in it. And I mm -hmm. think that's 
that was probably one of the best things about those books was those campaign sections. I know the Thramus oh, yes. Crusade um, was probably one of my favorites to go through and, mm-hmm. read and just like trying to get everything brought that way for you know um, events and everything locally is is a nice shift. Uh, and it's nice to hear you guys are doing the same. It's it's almost been kind of taking me back to when I first started in tabletop, where you you know it was always Friday and Saturday, Friday night, Saturday day gaming, and we had these campaigns running uh, in the store. A bunch of local players would meet up, and that's that's even where I met Andy a long time yeah. ago. And today <laughs> we're, still, we're still rolling dice, right? It's crazy. Like I it was I think was about how many people I've met and still talk to when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. And like, this is over 25 years of gaming and we're still mm. gaming. Like we still know each other. We're still playing games. It's just, it's phenomenal. And at the same shop as well. Yeah. Going to the same wow. store. Right. Yeah. The yeah. same shop. Yeah. From 25 years ago. Yeah. Yep. That in itself, I would say deserves a prize. Yeah. Comic fever here in Edmonton, man. Yeah. You ever, if you're ever here in Edmonton, Come and check out Comic Fever. It's it's an old uh, friend of ours, uh, sure. kind of kind of like a father figure almost. And oh uh, wow, yeah, he used to game with us too, and uh, always had tables for us, and just just great for the community, right? So, but you see, that's a thing. I think that sometimes we forget. Either when we grow into the hobby, right? Like we get into it and we grow into it, and we get older and all that. Sometimes I think we forget that it's a game and you play and play is in a sense, a bit more childish. It's okay (laughs) to enjoy things as with an innocent, a childlike kind of Mm -hmm. mind, just enjoying things for what they are. Yeah. Oh, that's Uh, very true. Sometimes we get very serious about changes about changes in lore changes in rules changes and all that but sometimes i think it's okay to go back to roots and it's a game enjoy what you enjoy in it and the things that you don't enjoy when we were kids i don't know for you guys but changing rules when you were playing a board game was not an issue right yeah no it's true you're just more interested in playing the game it didn't really matter exactly yeah. It your was imagination about the experience with your friends you were trying to build a good experience you both wanted to leave that store that you were going to when you were like 12 13 and both having fun yeah absolutely we can still do the same thing now yeah yeah, yeah bill had a lot of fun playing his uh <laughs> dark angels it, it sounded like you were having a bit less fun against the dark angels but <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Yeah, no, it was oh, it was good times. That was the first time I met Bill as he uh, stepped on my Black Templar's doorstep and uh, he had a very small force because in this campaign it was your your army got whittled down so you only had so oh. many points to go into battle. Yeah. And he was the fallen. Yeah, I actually and, turned uh, and joined Chaos. You the fallen? I, I had yeah. a, a full Dark Angel loyalist army. I played a Chaos guy, and he was about to wipe me, and he's like, I'll leave you alive if you join me and you become the Fallen. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Oh. So I became the Fallen instantly. And, but you uh, see, that's what I mean. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty it's crazy. Amazing. Yeah. And it, it was awesome because a, a, a close friend of mine at the time, before I even knew Bill, was playing Dark Angels as well oh. and was actually trying to hunt him. Yep. And he was, on the other, he was on the other side of the board, right, on the map. 
Yeah. And I was and I was playing Black Templar, and I kept running into another friend of ours that we knew, and he was playing uh, Nurgle like, Army. Like Corey, yeah. Right, Corey, and like every time I tried to scout out with my army on the hex grid, I always encountered him. Right, so it was Chaos Marines against oh. Marines, and then all of a sudden Bill pops up, and it's like, who's this? Yeah. Right? And then <laughs> He's next, a you know, and the Trust next him. you know, the next you know, the next weekend we're playing in his dad's garage, right. And then here we are now, still, yeah. still playing, still friends, still, you know, still going, right? Do you still have that fallen army, or did no. they come back to being loyalists? Oh, they fell. <laughs> they they fell hard. Um, <laughs> by the end of that, by the end of that campaign, my army got surrounded by a full Deathwing Terminator army, and I'm talking like the old pewter Deathwing Terminators. Yes. He surrounded my whole army, and there was no quarter given. He just wiped me off the board, and he uh, hunted you down yeah, like the fallen that you were. Yeah, it was good. It was a lot of fun. Tons of fun. No, that, that is that so makes a cool. great story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That is exactly the kind of thing that we love in our stuff. Trying to push it as a middle ground between role playing game where things evolve and you take them as they are and you build on it instead of canceling things because whatever you build on things that's what you did and it's so cool i'm hearing it and i'm like i wish i would have played in that campaign either with my fallen or my dark angels <laughs> or the alpha legions of david because he loves to be a chaos guy that doesn't assume himself <laughs> um, <laughs> oh that's awesome that's yeah. awesome. Well, I, I guess getting to the to the meat and potatoes. So you guys are having a Zomortalis event come the end of April. Mm-hmm. And what what's the event name again? God Clash. Oh, uh, basically, there's this convention yep. that was. Uh, it's this year that it became a convention. The years before, it was a tournament. So it was only tournament with some contest of painting and stuff like that. Okay. This year, they decided to grow it into kind of like an Adepticon kind of okay. thing. So they have, of course, tournaments. They have uh, contests and demos for new games, and stores go there to present their stores and sell stuff and whatever. And um, we talked with them to uh, see if there was any interest into doing a narrative event. So in the middle of all the tournaments, we wanted to showcase the other part of the hobby that we uh, talk about a lot on the podcast. And we we brought this idea of doing a two-day evolutive narrative event. So on Friday, people can come to the Grand Clash and play the event that is called Beta Garmin 2 uh, Assault on... Horizon Eventum, Eventum Horizon, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Because we call it in French, so I'm kind of translating it live. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So on Friday, you have one scenario where the the people, the players, uh, come to the loyalists come to assault the bridge of a spaceship that is called the Horizon Eventum, and um, they try to take control of it. And there's a lot of narrative element into that scenario. 
And all those things that can be achieved, special objectives, secrets that I will not talk about here. I see you, David. I see you. He's looking at me through the camera. So like, don't go there. Don't, please, don't. Uh, so we have a lot of secrets. Again, the goal is to create a narrative where the players will feel immersed and the choices they make during the scenario of Friday will impact what is still possible to do slash what happens in Saturday. And same thing on Saturday, you have a second scenario. And then the goal is a bit different for the loyalist, or maybe not. We'll see. But uh, but yeah, so we wanted to showcase something a bit different. And uh, I guess we were lucky that they invited us with open arms. They were like, we have never done this, but please come. Like, show us. Well, that sounds awesome. It, and it's interesting because... It's as Kevin said, they say they've never done this before. And sometimes when exchanging with them, we're trying to explain what we want to do and they don't necessarily understand what we're trying to do. So they talk to us about pairings, but we don't use pairings. Everyone's on the same table. Yeah. Right. And sometimes the, the communication is difficult because it's <laughs> entirely new for them. Yeah. It's true. It's, uh, and uh, I've kind of noticed it. And I'm sure Bill has noticed it too. Um, with the different system, the different games and how they play. But, you know, the guys are so used to, to doing these tournaments and whatnot, but then all of a sudden you have this large battlefield that has a narrative thing to it. Guys are just playing, right? Yeah. And, and it, we... it's... Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just saying, it, it, it actually it gets... The game gets crazy, but you can see the excitement and the fun these players are having interacting with each other because you know these guys are trying to dislodge these marines mm -hmm. you know in this section because they got to try to hold that objective mm -hmm. you know to, to help the team and you know you got two generals talking over here i need support on this side kind of thing you know what i mean you know like they're trying to plot things out it's like the big mega battles that we used to have back you know oh, a few years back right fucking awesome you know, um you know it's 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 exactly that kind of idea that's in my head as you were talking about you know We've never done anything like this before. And I'm just like, we've done this kind of stuff uh -huh. before too. And it, it's great, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why we blocked it basically at 16. Of course, mm -hmm. uh, as a convention, they would have loved for us to do like a 50 people event. Yeah. But <laughs> it for us, it didn't make any sense because it would not be manageable. And to give you an idea, we started this idea with, it can only be a Zorn Mortalis event. Right. We, we have this idea in our head. It doesn't make sense to put ruins or MDF. I don't know in English if MDF is the thing, but yeah. you know, like MDF, the wooden, yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense for us to have ruins everywhere on a table. Exactly. Because it. we wanted to create a story of assaulting, boarding a ship, a spaceship. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to redo the Zorn Mortalis, but we didn't have everything from back in the day of the Zorn Mortalis. So we went through our pile of everything that we had that fitted. So that's how David came out with his anger, which was the four tiles. So a four by four of Forge World. And it was like, that could be a perfect anger inside of the ship that is being boarded. And then we came up with, okay, boarding action. It was already previewed by Games Workshop. So we thought, how many tiles do we have? Phil has a lot of the Necromunda tiles. 
So he said, guys, I have all these tiles and I can buy more. So he bought more tiles. Uh, and then we prepared for the boarding action boxes that would come out. And we bought basically every kill team box that came out with those terrain and three boarding action boxes. Very nice. To, so we have in total three to four boarding action boxes that will fill eight by four of the 12 by four. Nice. And you have maximum eight players that will be loyalists and eight players that will be traders. And that was the idea. You can see now how having multiple tables would not fit. Yeah. We have to assemble and paint <laughs> all of <Yeah>. these things. <laughs> Sounds very familiar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've done this yeah. for your events, we, right? We've been there. <laughs> I've seen you, like, you, some people binge Netflix. You binge sceneries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Terrain hands. in two weeks? Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I God. just finished last week. Like, we were painting the four tiles. With David on a Sunday, we were calling some, you know, ordering chicken on the phone. <laughs> and like, this is what we're doing all day. We are painting those four tiles. And as we're doing it, David is like, okay, but I, I have ideas for this anger and what we need to use to fill it up because we want to rain on that too. You know, there is not going to be corridors into that. So what can we use? And I was like, I have a pile of sprues of terrain that is unassembled and unpainted. Let's go and have fun. So we dug into it and he made a pile of all the sprues that I should assemble and paint. And I was like, so this is your order? Okay. <laughs> Add it into the cart and I'll do it. Awesome. And last weekend I did it all in two days, basically. And Kevin oh, wow. was so cocky, I had it on the pile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he punished me for oh, my killers. Cocky. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, it, see, that's... it sounds exactly what we were doing last year. Just days and days <laughs> of painting and just full out. Like I took time off of work. And I remember some oh. days like starting at 7 a.m. And then the boys would come over on like a Friday, like between 4 and 5. And we'd crank out to like 9 or 10 at night. And it was like oh, wow. 15, 16 hour days of just painting. Just going this to is... town. And this is happening, you know, uh, in his garage, on his driveway, yeah. with all his neighbors passing <laughs> yeah, by going, watching. what are you doing? Yeah, because right? we had 16 tables and, worth of terrain spread out on tables all over the driveway. Wow. It was just quite the spectacle. Cars would, like, slow down as they're driving by, like, what the fuck <laughs> are they doing? Did you invite them with a big dry brush? No. Just like, uh, yeah, stop by. I'll show you how to paint. That's right. Here's oh, a I... brush. Here's some lead belcher. There's a lot of interest, though. A lot of yeah. people, like, it wasn't, like, the awkward, like, you know, freaking nerds, you know, kind yeah. of thing. It was it was more of people were actually intrigued and interested in, like, what's going on here? Like, what's this? what is this for? Yeah. Right? Which and was pretty cool, right? Yes, we are not where we were back in the day uh, we are all pretty much the same age as i figure out i guess and you know back in the day nerds we would be called out in school and be like oh this hobby is for nerds you shouldn't like this like it's not okay for you to love this and now you don't have that my girlfriend friends of mine like right now on my camera you cannot see all of my hobby room but i have a lot of shelves 
full of models. And everyone that comes to my place, when they see my hobby room, they are amazed at all the models. And even some of them ask me, like, can we play a game? Nice. It's yeah, it we're not we're not where we were back then. The interest is there. It's true. It is true. So it's changed. It's changed. Sure. Which is great. And a lot of the hobby stores have like really well, I should say hobby, but like gaming stores, because uh, we have a few of them here that like every single day, every mm -hmm. single day there's games happening and there's new people in those mm -hmm. stores, you know, and, and different communities and different games and different just aspects of life coming in, yeah. right? Which is awesome. I think, so, I think that like if you can say the one benefit from having all the pandemic and everything was the hobby itself, tabletop seem to just catapult to popularity because people are fucking bored. They're at home. They don't know what to do with themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I going to do? And then like all these people started buying models and started painting. And I know mm -hmm. for the longest time we were having discord paint nights as well. Just trying yeah. to, you know, have some normalcy paint face to face and just having laughs mm -hmm. and people would keep jumping on and like, yeah, I just, you know, heard you guys talking and decided to jump into this game and we're like, Oh shit. You know, a year later we're all playing again and yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah, I discovered I discovered you guys the podcast during the pandemic. Oh, I was nice. searching for podcasts that were different, and I'll be honest, I discovered yours, and I was like, "These guys seems to be having fun." Like it was contagious to hear the fun <laughs> you were having on the podcast about your hobby, yep. and just yeah. that in itself, it was not like giving me information. In a way, information as a hobbyist, I've been in it for long enough that I already have it. Yeah. But the fun that you were having and the information given was inspiring me and inspiring some of my friends because that's how we shared your podcast between each other. Nice. So we listened to you guys. Well, uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shameless plug. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. No, it's it, it's always good to hear that, um, especially hearing how just things were were and then how things are thriving now, even like over at your end locally. It just sounds like there's a healthy amount. So uh, the Zone Mortalis, sixteen players. How many people do you have in your whole local? That would be difficult to count, I would say, because. Um, as we organize, uh, let, let's say when the new RSRSC uh, 2.0 came out, we uh, were talking on a podcast about the RSRSC for such a long time. Like, you know, when the first rumors came out, mm -hmm. you saw images online with yeah. the rulers and the white dice and Terminators, but a weird tank. Yeah. It was not Forge Worlds, <laughs> new Praetors. Yeah. So starting there, we were talking about RSRC 2.0 about a new box, what we would do with it. And after that, when the new box came out, we're like, we have to do something with this. So we created a campaign uh, that would be like three scenarios, one scenario a month um, where people had to play that scenario. So I would uh, send the scenario online. People had to play that scenario the number of times they want. I don't care. Um, and the idea was if your army is fully painted, you get this bonus, mostly rerolls and stuff like that. And if it's not painted, then work on it. And by the end of the campaign, 
on the third scenario, I will give you a bonus if it's done. So you had like three months to do a slow grow kind of thing. Yeah. So we were starting from 500 points to 1,000 points in three months. Uh, that was pretty cool. We had like 12, 15 people coming in. Awesome. Um, but I would say the interest in our heresy kind of dipped down a bit because there was a lot of 40k coming out and a lot of age of sigmar coming out yeah and we were still waiting for all the special weapons like it was at the point yeah. you know where the age of darkness box was bolters dreadnought terminators tank yeah and everyone's yeah. waiting for their options they want all exactly. the extra goodies yeah and forge world was out of stock of pretty much everything yeah. so it was kind of difficult i would say towards the third months to be like yeah, you as a player were in our SRC for such a long time. You have your collection ready. You are a new player and you're waiting to have something else than a bolter and a plasma pistol. So that was kind of difficult. Uh, so uh, the... But wait, before that, we had a great start because just before they released it, we had a campaigns where we did the, the Plague War oh, with okay. our friend yes. Francois. And all the yes. people who played the campaign with us, and we had one game per month based on the books. Francois read all the books. He taken quote, put them in the player's pack for us to read. And all the players that played with us, most of them, we would talk with them about the uh, 30 year coming out. And then we, we, we would hype ourselves. So they, they, they jumped in the bandwagon at the time, and we all mm -hmm. uh, started with that. So it did help grow the community uh, around nice. the, our small group. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And there's a lot of players. I think they're just waiting for events to happen. And yeah. most of the events organizers are mostly towards tournament for 40k and Age of Sigmar around us. So we are organizing the event of Aurus Heresy uh, that will be happening. Um, I would be curious after we do that where we can go. It's because we are organizing this event to, uh, at the Grand Clash which is in uh, Trois-Rivières, so like an hour and a half away from Montreal. So people that are in Montreal that doesn't want to drive that hour and a half more, but are waiting for events to happen in Montreal, these people, we still don't know who they are. So the community could be so much bigger. Yeah. But just on our community page, you can see a lot of horror heresy popping up here and there. So... Nice. I oh, guess it's yeah. our next step. Bringing the Zorn Metalis back to Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a big icebreaker event. And yeah, you, mm -hmm. who knows how many people you could get involved. That'd be, True. That'd be awesome. True. And maybe you'll make the trip. You never know. I, I, I can light up the pharaohs for you. I'll do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, awesome. And David has been a real trooper because uh, I talked about me working on all the terrains and stuff. Um, Phil working on the tiles. And uh, he, I don't know if you know Miles David. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, him and Miles are pretty close. Uh, so they have been talking about a lot of uh, different little stuff that we can keep as surprises. I know, David. I know you're still you're still looking at me with those eyes. I see you. Yeah, he's saying, <laughs> he's hey, thinking hey. that I'm going to give out surprises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but, uh, so Miles have been has been a really good trooper too to help us out, and David has been the one working on the scenarios. Oh, so awesome. we all separated. 
the stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Max is the helper of the group. So during the event, we are not playing. Uh, and our job is not rule lawyering. Our job is immersion. How can I take your problem <laughs> or your question and make it into a narrative thing? And uh, so it would be to be the MC, if you want, of yeah. or the dungeon master of this event. So Paris. David created both of the scenarios uh, from scratch. I'm pretty sure looking at his bolt action book. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, sounds, that sounds wild. Yeah, no, I, I definitely love to hear how it goes. We might have to do a follow-up episode with you guys and just tell us how it went, how, it, uh, how the 8 on 8 Zomortalis event go because myself will be our pleasure. as well I am working on Zomortalis. I've got enough to do three four by fours uh, and I, I, I have an old um, four by four forge world table as well. And oh. I bought a bunch of the old um, a bunch of the newer Necromunda tiles mm-hmm. with a, just a shit ton of Necromunda kits tons mm-hmm. of uh, Sector Mechanicus kits Pretty much anything that's been coming out that I can slap on that board, I'm slapping it on. And then there's a lot. There's a ton of it. And I've actually looked at buying subfloor tiling uh, that come in like one by one sections uh, to mount the tiles on so they're the same um, height as the Forge World ones. Yes. So you can actually yes. connect them all together and make like, these yes. massive tables. And pretty mm-hmm. much right where you guys are at is just, yeah, just grinding and trying to get everything done and. Just yeah, it never ends. It's there's I'm always sure something. there'll be a I'm sure there'll be a big paint push for oh, yeah. uh, getting zone mortalis stuff all done up. Oh yeah, zone in the future, right? So uh, please do. Zone yeah. mortalis is a an interesting challenge when you're doing uh, scenarios because I'm used to read battles like on the plane, two armies against each other, or the D Day people, you know. Huh. Digging on the beaches, but in a ship, it's kind of a different battle. So you have to think what's happening in a ship. Yeah. What kind of you know objective I can put that makes sense in a ship? So it's yeah. quite a, an interesting challenge. Oh, yeah. excellent! Definitely. So you gotta get these guys in the engine room in order to unlock those, you know, this yeah. and that kind of thing, right? You start, yeah. you start thinking of those corridors, the, mm-hmm. the kill zones, you know, the hangars, or their force fields, or the, you know, just. You can go with anything and everything, right? You know, yeah. is there security servitors coming at you kind of thing, you know, just... The, the know. first thing that came into our head when we talked about it... Uh, David, can I, can I talk about the lights? Can yeah. I, can I talk? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I have his permission. That's good. Uh, the first thing that we had into our head was, okay, there has to be a control room. Mm-hmm. It's a ship. It has to have a control room. How can we make that into uh, an active part of the game without making it the objective of the game, the goal? Uh, And we talked about using the control room to control the lights on certain parts of the boards. So even if you're on the furthest end of the table, you can still help your teammates that are on the other side of the table by switching the lights on and off and using the night fight rules. Yeah. Yeah. And it's simple, but it will make that you, player number four, on the farthest end of one table, 
still feel like you're playing with player number six, which is on the other end of the table. You're still part of the same team. It's not four, five, six, eight armies walking next to one another and just ignoring each other. Yeah. There's communication. I think you said it before, like, okay, guys, we are surrounded. What can we do? Close yeah. the lights. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like more night lords. Close the lights. We can use this. Yeah, watch and that's just it. That's that's just that's just it. Like even during like deployment, you know, okay, you got six 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 guys with you know their forces, Mm -hmm. and it's like okay, well, you know, we have different sections of the ship that we all have to go into and and claim some objectives and then Mm -hmm. like change things. Okay, you gotta get the engine room. You gotta get the control room for lights. You know, you gotta get the security panels to make sure that those barriers are unlocked so they can mm-hmm. get through, kind of thing, right? So then you start thinking, okay, well, I'm playing Imperial Fists, for example. You know, yes. <laughs> where would I like? Where would I excel on on this this mission, right? Mm-hmm. And then you guys, as generals, yeah. you know, five six generals talk about it, yeah. and that just it just makes the experience so much better. And, mm-hmm. and wilder, right? Because then all of a sudden, oh, Night Lord's on the other side of the table. This is going to be a good fight, right? Like, it's going to be just stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So, and what do you, you do know, if you're an Imperial Fist player and there's Iron Warriors on the other end of the table? Where do you deploy? Do you deploy in front of them? Because you want to go at it? Of oh, course. Yeah, that's dude. You got you. the grudge matches, right? That's, exactly. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's that's awesome. It sounds sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. I know myself even for some inspiration for my zone board because uh, the Forge World one I had a lot of uh, green stuff work done to it, and I took mm-hmm. a lot of uh, inspiration from the uh, Heresy novel Wolfsbane. So oh. when, they're, when they're actually attacking the eventual spirit, and it yeah. gives a lot of cool descriptions. So I've got chunks of skin all over the wall and like tentacles and there's mouths on the wall there's eyes and shit like because the ship's actually transforming it's like getting demonic Mm -hmm. and then i'll airbrush and make it look like flesh and i'm trying to really you know amp it up but a lot of that i I got from those heresy books wolfsbane being the main one so awesome there's lots of uh lots of cool scenes in that book if you Mm -hmm. are ever short on ideas that that'll get you sorted for sure and have you read the last Heresy book? I don't want to spoil anyone. I will not spoil I've anyone. got four hours left of the end of the death um, for okay. my audiobook, so I'm I'm getting to the end, and it's the book's been phenomenal so far. So, so you see the vengeful spirit at the end of its run, basically. It's pretty crazy. It's amazing. So what you're describing is bringing me exactly there. Yeah. How do you represent the vengeful spirit at the end of its corruption? Yeah. Huh. And it's, yeah, I'll have a lot of fun painting that once I'm at that step Mm -hmm. because it's just, yeah, sky's the limit for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, no, that's, that's, that's great, guys. I, I love hearing about kind of what you have planned and uh, I I definitely, yeah, I definitely like to see pictures and I'd like to get, you know, a follow-up episode planned with you guys so we could, we could get, uh, the feedback from it, see how it actually, how it went. So for sure, you know, know what'd be pretty cool too is um, like, you know, collaborating of course is if, you know, you guys are doing your zone mortalis kind of thing, but would have kind of your guys's results kind of affect. Oh yeah. 
bar. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You're yeah. talking. You're talking. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> right. Like the start of a campaign. You know your result. This has gone through my head even for bolt action because I do a lot crusade. of you know exactly yeah, I, I right like right that, right. That speaks about a great crusade. It sounds so, like a great crusade. So there you go. Like you know and and just the, everybody seems to be on the same paid right on that same level of what what they would like to bring to the table yeah for the communities for the players and having that passion to do it right mm -hmm. so it's, a, it's all about the passion it's all yeah. about the passion whether like, you're passionate about tournaments and it's the faqs that gets your engine running or it's the narrative campaign like vigilus or arcs of omen or whatever yeah. the new campaigns that comes out if it's making you passionate, that's what it's about. It's a hobby. Yeah. If you're not passionate about it, what are you doing this? Go play Spider-Man on PS5. <laughs> yeah, realistically. It's a lot cheaper, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can find Warhammer everywhere. PS5, I have trouble finding them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is true. <laughs> but yeah, I like your idea of uh, Across Canada kind of thing. Uh, I know me and Bill talked here and there about 40k uh, a while ago, so yeah. we're already in contact, so I think we can make something happen. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I, I know that I know that the, the time difference is definitely a uh, killer for you guys, so... Uh, <laughs> hey, we're getting to midnight here. Yeah. It's not too bad. It's not horrible, I guess. Yeah. No. No. I was able to hit the gym just before we recorded the episode. So And um, I'm not the one getting up for the children tomorrow morning, so I'm good. Yeah. Ooh, ah! There you go. Yeah. There you go. Guys. It's true. It's true. Well, yeah, I just I just want to say um thank you again, uh both both of you for coming on and chatting with us. And thanks, Kevin, for reaching out and chatting with me on Facebook. Uh Anytime you guys ever want to jump on and talk about heresy, um, you know, show pictures, collaborate however we can, I'm I'm definitely down. So it's yeah. it's a lot 100%. of fun to reach out and connect with people that are in the same country. It's because it's not outside the realm of possibility to be able to meet up and actually put you know yeah. faces to real faces and go to events. I'm and curious everything. about like how much time is it between let's say Quebec, Montreal, and you guys. I don't know. Like Travel Toronto is like seven hours. Yeah. So I don't know, you guys. Let, let's let's say I swim. Let's say I swim up to you guys. Swim like, up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Take forever. <laughs> Take forever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's not feasible. I told you I need David to point me towards yeah. the right direction. I'm already like in lost. We'll brush up your geography. <laughs> no, no. no, don't try to educate me on, on other podcasts. This is once a week is enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's killer. Yeah. Funny. That is killer. And just for um just for all of our listeners listening in too, we'll have links to the descriptions um for the painting night and you'll be able to check out uh, their Facebook page and kind of follow along with the event as well everything that they're posting on the socials um which I, I definitely recommend checking it out i was poking around on your facebook page oh. uh, I, I liked it and kind of jumped in and was looking around so i just i saw lots of lots of pictures and it looks really good so i'm definitely looking forward to following up with the zone stuff 
Uh, thank you. Our the podcast that we record every week uh, that we've been doing for a year now, a bit more than a year. We're pretty proud of it. Uh, I'm saying pretty because I'm trying to be humble because David is there. Yeah. <laughs> but let's say we're fucking proud of it. Um, there you go. <laughs> and, well, you know what though that that goes without saying. If you're putting something out consistently every week, and Andy and I both know that struggle. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing it every week, you've been going for a year. Like, congratulations, guys! Like, that's yeah, that's a big commitment every every week for a year. Like, we're yeah. on this is our third year third doing the season, same thing yeah. every week, and it's a lot of work. I I definitely get it. So yeah, no kudos yeah. to you guys. If you, if you can keep I, doing I, it, it's it's awesome. Yeah, and you've grown. Like I've seen your podcast grow in the past three years, and it's amazing the number of people that you get in there compared to where you were in the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. it's pretty much the same thing with us. Yeah. Like it's in French, yes. But all of our events are bilingual. Yeah. Uh like the one that we're doing for Zone Mortalis, we have a player's guide for French, for English. Uh, awesome. We did a war cry event uh, that was fully narrative too for Halloween, and it was bilingual too, French, English. Yeah. We we do a painting night every month live at a store that we have near us. Uh, that is one of our sponsors it's called abyss and uh that store we go there once a month painting night we have around 20 to 30 people showing up every month painting we have people that do dnd that do anything from beginners to pros to narrative and different generation too different generations and and retiree retired people that's awesome wow that's and they know cool. that we are bilingual. So they come and talk to us. We're going to show them how to paint. We're going to show them how to build. We're going to show them how to play. Uh, I went to that store multiple times to show people how to play 40K, how to play Age of Sigmar. Uh, I know there's some that are still waiting for me, but I'm planning a wedding. I'm really sorry. Uh, it's a lot of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kevin is Kevin is selling them stuff, showing them how to paint, and I try to talk to them about Waterloo, and then people flee. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to slip the narrative the historical in there hey yeah yeah again trying to educate people but it needs to come with a trigger warning first and he's yeah. not there yet so. yeah that's funny but yeah so we do a lot of things that are bilingual so even Excellent. if the podcast in itself is not in english because we do we do it in french um everything that we post on soirée comme soirée peinture la communauté uh, so the community page, people are bilingual in there. So English, French, or both, whatever, doesn't matter. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. That is awesome. And yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, yeah, I'll definitely follow along and even post some stuff that I've got going on. Yeah, too, please. Right. That'd yeah. Cool. Especially some. Uh, I I don't want to put you on the spotlight, but like the outriders. The oh. the outriders <laughs> projects. I want to see where it ends. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you will. I mean, if uh, if you've seen some of my other white scars mm-hmm. that I did, every des- every design on each bike is different. Yes. So it, it's the exact same thing that probably will happen to these guys as well. Yeah. So, and the same uh, thing with the Sigismund. I saw the Sigismund this morning, and I was like, shit, I should have thought of that. <laughs> I have the same model. <laughs> I, I'm doing an Imperial Fist Army. I should have done this. But your suggestion would end up with the Thunder Hammer, pretty sure. 
Oh, don't go there. It's, don't go there. You don't. You don't want to know. I know your episode as like an hour or something. You don't want to get into that anecdote. The next time we come, I can tell that anecdote. Okay, and let's not okay. invite David because he's gonna have another version of this anecdote. So. Oh, killer! Uh, I'm definitely down down to catch up on that. Well, yeah, I'll reach out to you afterwards for sure. For sure. Well, yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for jumping on. Again, uh, we really appreciate it. And yeah, Bye. thanks to uh, all the listeners tuning in. And we will definitely catch you next time. <laughs> bye bye. See you guys. Bye.